Coach Corey Wayne, and this is my video coaching newsletter. And the topic of today's newsletter is going to be creating great memories. Well, I've got two email success stories to go over with you today, and both these guys overcame some difficulty and challenges, which they'll share with you in their emails to show how both of them were able to successfully seduce two women that each of them had met. And one of these particular guys, the only sexual experiences that he had ever had with women were with hookers. So obviously you can imagine how good he feels not to have to pay for sex anymore. So I have a quote that I wrote on this particular topic and we're going to go through both these emails to see what these guys did and what everybody can learn from it. And the quote says, the purpose of your life is to enjoy it, to create great memories during the course of your journey so you can look back upon your life with elation and gratitude instead of regret and remorse as you get older and be satisfied with a life well lived. Remember like I talked about a couple of videos back based on I think it was – was it a Pew poll or a Gallup? I can't remember. But about 87% of the people in the world hate their fucking jobs. 87% of the people get up and they go to work every day and they fucking dread it. Such a tragedy. That's why I love seeing emails like this. People that follow my videos, read my book and then go out there and apply it and they completely change their lives. So let's go through the first guy's email. He says, hello, Corey. Big fucking thank you. You've changed my life. Step by step, I changed myself. I'm 29 and I came from a fucked up family and I had big self-esteem problems. I was very needy and insecure. But with the help of your book – and your audiobook, by the way, is a nice addition. Um, for those of you that probably or may not still know yet, the audiobook is available on iTunes and audible.com if you're so inclined. I started to eliminate things that caused me fear of not being good enough, i.e., dental problems, losing weight, not knowing what to say, asking questions, etc. Well, remember, as I've discussed in many, many videos over the years, human beings have two primary fears. The first fear is fear that we're not enough. In other words, fear that we don't have what it takes to succeed. And the other one is fear that we won't be loved and accepted by our friends, family, and peer group. And if you're one of those people that is stepping out of that 87% into doing things that you want and that please you, you're going to hear noise from everybody that's in that 87% because they want to keep you feeling and thinking and being just like them. Now, the reason why one of my very favorite quotes of all time is the Steve McQueen quote, I live for myself and I answer to nobody. We're all surrounded by people that are trying to get us to conform to their way of thinking, trying to shame us, trying to call us names, hate on us and make us feel bad so we become more like them. That way they don't feel so uncomfortable with the fact that they're not taking care of their own business. So I started practicing with random people. I was talking to taxi drivers in similar situations and then on my travels on a plane, I sat next to a nice girl and managed to keep the conversation by asking questions and so on. 
Well, asking questions creates rapport. I mean, if you think about it and you run into somebody that you know or you haven't seen in a while, what's typically the context of your conversation? Hey, how you been? What are you up to? What are the kids like? You still working that particular job? Have you talked to so-and-so? You're going to be asking questions. Why? Because you care about that person. There's somebody that you know and you already have a relationship with. And that's why when you meet somebody that's a total, complete stranger and you take a sincere, authentic interest in who they are as human beings and start asking them questions because you're fascinated and you want to know, it creates rapport. It creates the same vibe and energy as if you're a long-lost friend that they happen to be bumping into. It completely disarms the other person. And when we ask questions of somebody else, it, and they talk for a while about themselves because we all love to talk about ourselves. It makes them feel like, wow, this person really cares about me. And once the other person starts to feel that way, then they're naturally, by law of reciprocity, they're going to want to know about you. That's why asking questions and being sincerely, authentically interested in other people and what they do and what they like to do for fun is such a powerful aphrodisiac, if you will, for creating rapport if you're trying to date them or befriend them, get them to invest in your company, get them to buy your product, get them to offer you a job. It's right out of how to win friends and influence people. Very, very powerful stuff. So I've had some up and downs, but today I went on my first date with this woman from Tinder. I laid back. I asked questions, sometimes talking too much, but then realized it. Because if you're sitting there and you catch yourself and you realize you're talking a lot and you start to notice the other person's kind of looking this way or looking that way and they're not really paying attention like they were at first, that's a good way to read their body language and have some sensory acuity and realize, you know what? I need to turn the conversation back to them and re-engage them by asking questions and getting them to talk makes them feel important because a lot of women go out with guys and they have the experience the guy's all focused on proving himself and proving his proving his worth to her that he's going down his resume telling her all the things he does how much money he makes where he works the kind of car he drives the kind of people he hangs out with and the woman sits there and thinks this guy's so selfish all he cares about is talking about himself and stroking his own ego he's totally full of himself but if you start asking questions, it makes you feel like, wow, he really cares about me. Finally, a guy that's not just interested in my boobs and my booty. He wants to know who I am as a human being. But then I realized it and I asked another question. After coffee, we went to the park nearby, which was planned if things go well. And that's important. You got to think about the logistics, especially if you want to seduce somebody that you're on a date with. Because sex is most of the time not going to happen in public. So you want to be in close proximity to your place or her place. And when you go from one place and then to a second place and then a third place, because most people when they go out on dates, they only take a girl to dinner and they take her home. But when you get in and out of of a car several times and you go to several different places, it gives the experience of several different dates. So if you go to three different places and you're at each place for an hour or two 
it's almost like you have three dates on the first night and giving a woman that kind of experience remember most women on average are going to sleep with a guy by the second or third date so if you really get good at this stuff and applying the things that are in my book that's why this stuff works so effectively so walking there she was bumping heavily against me when a woman likes you when she's attracted to you when she feels rapport with you as you're walking down the road I talk about this in my book she's gonna constantly bump in into you her shoulder will bump yours her arm or her hand will bump yours and those are all good signs to look for when you're on a date instead of having your hands all over the woman because it creates the process where she's starting to reach out and touch you in all forms whether it's physical contact or texting or phone calls when you start women off at the beginning where they're reaching out and pursuing you you don't have to worry about getting rejected it makes it really easy and effortless but you have to pay attention to her level of safety and comfort and what she what she's physically doing in relation to where you are and your personal space there was an amusement park and one ride there then we sat down by a pond and some time later started making out well if you're sitting down on a bench and you've been with her for a few hours and she's playing with her hair and she's touching your arm and you're wondering you know she's really close I really would like to kiss her and you look at her lips and then into her eyes and then down her lips and then into her eyes again and if you see her go and her eyes go to your lips and look at your lips as well you're not going to get rejected if you go for the kiss. Makes it really easy. And when you go when you go through that process several times, that builds your confidence because it becomes so predictable. Now you actually know what to look for versus the average guy which is trying to force things and force a moment to happen. Here you can just let it happen and it's easy and it's effortless if you know what to look for. After some time, I suggested going back to my place, which was less than a kilometer away. No immediate yes, so I took one step back. Just right out of the book. Two steps forward, one, and then you encounter resistance, you take a step back. And so what he did, it's what we call the trial close in sales. In other words, is this person ready to buy what I'm selling? In this particular case, he wants, he's selling himself. So he says, hey, you want to get out here and go back to my place, have a glass of champagne or some coffee or some tea. And if she's ready to be alone with you in private, she'll say yes. If she doesn't answer or changes the subject or just says no, then you know it's a little too soon. you got to work on creating rapport for a while longer. He says, then we started kissing again heavily and then we soon started walking. Then some smooth seduction, again, by the book, two steps forward, one step back. No sweet spots at the start. You know, a lot of guys, when they're trying to seduce a woman, they go right for the crotch as soon as they get touchy-feely. The idea is to slowly get there. That's like the last place you get. And in the end, it looks like the Rio... 2016 Indoor Olympics started a month earlier. 
and it was actually my first sexual experience, if not counting Thai hookers. Yes, I was in quite a dark place in my life. If someone would have asked me like a year ago if I could pull this off, I would have answered yes, but only with a hooker. That's fucking great. You imagine, you just imagine how awesome that is for this dude. He says, kind regards, a very happy man. To go from feeling like you got to pay for it to being able to meet somebody, whether it's on a dating app or in public or at a social event or through a group of friends or a night out with your buddies if you're into drinking and partying. And it just happens naturally, easily and effortlessly. Great job, dude. It's a great fucking memory. And this is the kind of thing because it's the first woman he's done this with that he wasn't paying for. He's going to remember this for the rest of his life. So let's go through the second guy's email. He says, Yo, Corey, I'm writing you this evening with a letter of success as I think you should know how much your work has changed my life. Back in June of 2015, I left my ex-girlfriend of one year as I felt I wasn't being treated correctly. It was hard walking away from someone I still loved, but I had to do it. Well, most people stay in relationships way longer than they know they should. I know I'm guilty of it. And probably everybody watching this video has either done it themselves or knows somebody that has done that in their lives. It's all about great memories. And if you're not having fun, when you arrive at that place where you realize your goals and your values aren't aligned, or sometimes a relationship just runs its course. It takes a lot of inner strength and testicle fortitude, if you will, to end it with love and to walk away. That was something that was excruciatingly difficult when I was young and inexperienced and that led me to getting married instead of simply going our separate ways, which I wrote about in my book. I felt she was the love of my life at one point. Anyway, the breakup was hard and after reading your book, I realized I made some very needy mistakes that made me look weak in my ex's eyes. In September last year, I moved to Manchester for university in England. I'm a 23-year-old male and a music production student who is a DJ that plays around the country and on the party island of Ibiza. Ibiza. For the past four years, I have been surrounded by some of the most beautiful girls in Ibiza and I've never had a problem taking them out on dates and ending things back at my place for a round of the Indoor Olympics or on a beach, haha. The first night I got to Manchester, I walked through the city center and spotted this blonde who sat down on a bench and she just blew me away. I thought to myself, wow, I cannot let this girl pass me by. I want her. She had long blonde hair, which was nearly white, blue eyes, an amazing fashion sense, and a body to die for. I approached her, got her contact info, and rang her a week later to set a date. We didn't end up going on the date, but a week later, she called me on a night out drunk. So the idea, and I talk about this in the book, is to extend an invitation. And if she likes you, and she really wants to see you, and she's single and ready to mingle, she'll accept the date. And if not, she won't. Or she'll turn you down or say she's busy. And you can just say, great, well, when you figure out your schedule, get in touch with me. What you're looking for is enthusiasm. Somebody that's ready, willing, able, and open to dating. 
I assumed that she wanted me to meet her as you say in your book. When a woman contacts you, assume she wants to see you. So I went and I met her, but she led me on a wild goose chase around town. She was rude on the phone to me and she asked me numerous times what my name was. Well, that kind of sucks. She didn't show, so you can tell she's not really crazy about this guy. So I would say if we're going to look at strictly an attraction level from the chapter in my book, it's all in the numbers. I would say on a scale of 1 to 10, she's probably a 5. In other words, he's kind of like just barely holding on by his fingernails. She didn't show at the two bars she said she was in, but I thought to myself, no, this is not cool. I'm not chasing a girl around a city center at 4.30 in the morning. So she tells you to meet her at certain places and then she's not there when you get there. Definitely not cool. I deleted her number and I didn't contact her again until weeks later when she texted me with a new number. Yeah, right, he says. She was just hoping I'd get it and ask her out. Haha. Now, the average guy that gets jerked around like that is going to keep calling and texting and pleading. Hey, where are you? Where are you at? I'm here. But he just let it go. He's like, fuck it. I'm not going to get treated this way. I made the decision to ask her out for drinks where I swallowed some of my own pride and she said yes. The day of the date came and she didn't show up. So I called her to say I'm here at the bench where I met you. She gave me some BS excuse on the phone and said her mom turned up randomly to see her at university so I used a takeaway on her and we arranged a date for her to come over to my place for drinks the following Saturday. I met her that Saturday and we went to my place for a bottle of wine. I couldn't get a word in. So you notice how things changed. He withdrew the offer when she tried to jerk him around again. And this sounds like a girl who has probably lots of guys throwing their dicks at her. She's young, so she's got lots of choice. And she really doesn't care who she blows off. But because this guy stood up to her and said, I'm not doing this, her attitude completely changed. Because now he's different. Now he's acting like a guy who has something to offer instead of just another dude begging for the pussy, if you will. I couldn't get a word in because she was asking me so much about myself. She asked me what's my favorite song and as I was showing her the music I created with my own vocals. I said, it's Paolo Nuti, Last Request. She said, oh my god, I love that song. I said, turned it on on YouTube. I sang it to her and she sang it to me at the same time and then the connection between us was so strong. I could see it in her eyes. As I sang it to her, I moved in closer and kissed her passionately and we ripped each other's clothes off and had amazing sex. So she obviously was in a little bit different headspace a few weeks later and it really, again, it just changed the dynamic when he was willing to withdraw the offer when she tried jerking him around once again. I tried to set a date with her when she arrived back at home from staying at her parents' house and she said, yes, definitely. And I told her to get in touch with me when she's back and she hasn't done that. I texted her a week later to try to plan something. So let's back up a little bit here, dude. So when you tell a woman, get in touch with me when you get back in town and she says, I will, you have to do that. 
But even though you hooked up with her that first time, you're starting to violate principles here. Because if you tell a woman, hey, get in touch with me, and then you don't wait for her to get in touch, you come off as being needy and desperate and like you're going to lose your shit. Remember the analogy? You're like, like the monkey in the zoo that's masturbating and throwing its jizz and feces at the people in the zoo. It's kind of like the way you become or a lot of guys do. So he texts her a week later to try to plan something and he didn't get a response. Big surprise. So I just left it. I guess maybe she just wanted to get laid. I would definitely say that's probably a true statement, which is totally fine, haha. But the problem was you told her one thing and then you did the opposite. You have to be congruent with your words. If you tell a woman something, you have to follow through on it. Because you basically said, hey, get in touch with me when you get back in town. But then you didn't wait for her to do it. That makes you come off as being needy and weak. And if this girl is as young and as beautiful and as hot as you say, she's got lots of guys and lots of opportunities to spend time with. And when you act this way, you act like just like every other horny kid who's trying to lose his virginity on spring break. Like you say in one of your videos, some women just want to get laid. Don't take that shit personally. This particular woman, I would let her do 100% of the calling, texting, and pursuing. She's shown you that she's willing to reach out. And the whole point of the book is the men start the courtship. You really only have to pursue for the first two to three weeks. And if you've seen the pattern with this particular girl, when you don't pursue, she reaches out. As soon as you start to pursue, she disappears. So let her do 100% of it because the idea is once the woman starts reaching out, then as a guy, you can just kind of back off, wait to hear from her, and then make the next date when you do. So you did a lot of things right, but you also did a bunch of things wrong that were counterproductive. Anyway, at least I have an amazing memory of us together and what a night it was. Maybe she'll get back in touch with one day. It's possible. But I promise if you keep texting her like that and reaching out and trying to pursue, it's not going to happen. Since then, I have been applying your techniques with every woman that catches my eye. I'm on a second date with a girl this Wednesday that I kissed on the first date. I took her to dinner and then to a cocktail bar. In the cocktail bar, she was looking at my lips. So I said to her, I think you should bring those lips over here and kiss me. They look a little damp. I know I've heard that somewhere. I gave her a James Bond smirk. She smiled at me and we made out. I'm shocked. I'm applying all of your techniques since my breakup last year and my love life is amazing. I have no fear. I go for what I want and I treat all women the same. I did get rejected last week by a girl who was a customer in my workplace, but rejection doesn't bother me. You got to get through the no's in order to get to the yeses. And all you need is one good one. I just went and spoke to another girl. I apologize for the length of this email, but I will keep working on finding the perfect woman for me and the woman every man knows they deserve. Thank you for your work. You're an absolute genius and I have recommended your book to my brother whose girlfriend dumped him and he has now gotten her back thanks to you. Well, high five your brother for me. I've read your book four times, 11 to go, my friend. So you've done well, but if you really want to become proficient, if you want it to become instinctual, you gotta read it 10 to 15 times. There are no shortcuts to success. 
So if you'd like to get my help personally, go to my website, click the products tab at the top of your screen on any page of my website and follow the instructions for booking whichever option or coaching option works best for you. And I will talk to you soon. Hey.